0: Welcome to Landsharks After Dark, your favorite ad-free, sponsor-free, schedule-free podcast about the Old Miss Rebels. We got uh, the first show of 2018 on deck for you here. Uh, took some time off for the holidays. Hope you had a, a nice holiday break. Got to spend some time with family. We watched some bowl games, a little basketball, who knows. Uh, but, you know, we, we've we missed uh, a lot of time, Some some sports topics to talk about for sure. I am your host, Justin Sanders. I, on the line with me, I have, uh, as always, my co-host, John Stefanchik. What's up, man? How you doing, John?
1: I'm good. Uh, happy New Year. Happy and New Year. Damn, if we hadn't hit three years doing
0: this. Three whole years. Can you believe it? really a little bit more than that, because I, I want to say we would have recorded that first episode, like, December 29th or something, because yeah. the Peach Bowl was on the
1: 31st. Christmas and the peach Bowl the uh, wonderful 42 to three shellacking.
0: oh baby the inaugural what? episode I recorded it in my bedroom two houses ago um, uh, yeah. a, a different job than I have now a lot of a lot of things change in three years but uh we're still here to, I, you know what I want to think we've gotten better at this I think we have I, I think we we grow every every year doing the show I think
1: takes a few to get going mm-hmm. you know it was, it was two houses ago for me i guess because i was in cambridge and somerville yeah, okay you're still in school at that point yeah yeah and i live two different spots in school it's kind yeah, of yeah
0: yeah it's crazy how, how things change in uh three years
1: yep i would say you get a few uh we'll we'll throw a shout out to our uh, friends at friday rolling i listened to the new year's eve one it was the first full one and i listened to portions of the other they, they're definitely picking up their flow for sure. Huh.
0: Yeah, they're and they're they're funny guys. They they have uh opinions. I think that's important if you're doing a podcast. You got to you got to actually take stances. You can't just be like, well, even though I do this all the time and say, "Well, I see both sides." It's good to uh to say things definitively and then you can kind of stake out your
1: sides of the right. argument like, and you got to take hard stances like Tom Mars is a child of God because <laughs> he
0: is. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to our show, you have to take like stances in scotts and you know god knows how many layers of irony and so much yeah. that we probably have forgotten uh but that's just that's the way we do our show you know and that's fine and uh it's been a great three years of, of guests as well i mean um we haven't necessarily you
1: consider, you yeah. consider friday rolling part of our uh, podcast tree <laughs> you've asked me that before no i don't
0: because they're they've done so much on their own like this is it's all their thing I mean, I joke with I joke with Bedwell that you know I I, I deserve a producer credit for the amount of text I feel like, from him.
1: Yeah. Well, because they stole McDermott. Well, McDermott didn't talk about tax code. I was like, well, let's have McDermott on talking about the new tax law. They're like, well, McDermott can't want to talk about. He, did, he with- gave the
0: financial tips. We can definitely still get McDermott on to talk about the yeah. tax kid. Yeah, he and
1: I can, we can talk about EBITDA, EBIT, and all this. Oh yeah, this I'm already thing. really excited for this. No, it'll be that. That would
0: actually be super interesting. We'll, we'll make that happen in January at some point. Uh, but no, I mean, just, just major props to Kent and Will again. I I know they listen to this show from time to time. I mean, I I think it's really cool. I, we know how hard it is to start a podcast out of nothing. And honestly, I would say what they're doing is even harder than what we do because, you know, there already were other podcasts in our space talking about Old Miss every week. You know, we get, we get kind of a predetermined starting point based on what happened on the Old Miss beat that week. And, you know, this is a kind of, But criticize it in the past, you know what they're doing to me. It seemed low concept. I'm not saying it's not low concept, but they're as of now they're putting in a ton of work ahead of time, doing all this prep to come up with topics, uh, do show notes and all this stuff. I mean, my prep starts about five minutes before I call John on Skype. We usually talk for about five or ten minutes, just about generally what we want to do, and then we just get into it and let it go. Um, And I'm sure they're doing that somewhat on their podcast, but still, like, like I said, I think it's hard to have such an original podcast, something that isn't, you know, so much part of a genre. So props to them. And I don't think they're part of our, they're definitely part of our, our network of, uh, of, of friends and family podcasts, but, um, I'm not going to take any credit for it. Although I will take that producer credit, Bedwell, since I have taught you how to do everything in garage band, and Skype recorder, but, uh, he's, he's doing a great job. Uh, keep it up, listen to him. This is another plug. So I, you know, I think we've actually caught up. They complained about, talking about our show for the first 3 episodes of their show and not getting any any shout outs. I think this officially has has caught us up. So, I don't want to hear any more of that. If anybody's listening to this show, they've heard about Friday Rolling. So, you're welcome guys. John, do you want to talk about do you want to talk about your holidays? You got anything you want to you want to relate to the people or should we get into the uh, the college football playoff?
1: i huge about the holidays. I mean, it, it was good. I got to pretty much just completely forget about work for 11 days. So, mm-hmm. That was nice. That's Unlocked. nice. Yeah, slowly transitioning back into it. Uh, it was pretty damn cold walking to the parking garage this morning. Dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I can't even imagine. What's it? What's your temp reading up there? Because it's freaking uh, like twenty we, degrees down here.
1: Well, here's I'll I'll tie you know everybody you, you love it when I give the weather update. I'm just gonna yeah, I'll tie it. Yeah, I'll tie it to the college football playoffs. You know damn well that George is playing for a national title, like an hour from their campus. When you have half the, you know, the eastern half of the U.S., probably two thirds of the population is all just frozen under yep. this uh, winter storm Grayson. Grayson, obviously being where the conditions are combat- yeah.
0: and the before. Miller, the 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 famous Miller that we all know and love, Austin. Yep,
1: i beloved below Austin. Miller. It is seven with the wind chill of zero in Dover. <sighs> seven. So uh, I think I already asked you. So I land. I landed Sunday. It was. 10 degrees with a wind chill at negative 11 at two o'clock in the afternoon with the sun out everybody up here at work at work today was going look it will get this cold for a day it's been this cold for a week and a half this is ridiculous so everybody here is complaining about it's miserable it's
0: it's cold down here but so do you drive up there you have a car yeah yeah so what do you i mean what do you do to drive in that kind of weather like do you just have chains on your tires at all times
1: uh, well, the road, well, up here, the, I mean, one of the biggest differences, if you came up here, went through a blizzard, and then woke up the next day, you'd be in I mean, they know how to clear roads, handle snow, all of that. Whereas down south, nobody has a clue. They don't have any of the equipment. It's because you don't need to cost it in. So, I mean, you can put snow tires on your car. I don't. I just have, have all weathers on my all-wheel drive Forrester. It's about the most New England car you can drive as a, as a damn Subaru. But it's nothing, too. The biggest thing is it makes, sure, you know, hopefully your battery's good enough where it starts in the morning. Yeah. And then it's, uh, you know, the uh, the hot, heated seat setting is your best friend. You oh, baby,
0: them. yeah. No doubt you about that. Yeah, I'm just hoping. I'm hoping my car gets started up early, early tomorrow morning because um, me and the girlfriend driving out of Jackson, driving six hours to Dallas, hopping on a cheap flight to Vegas. So uh, the only thing that's going to mess up our plan now would be if uh, my car doesn't crank at 6 a.m. in the. So you were off weather. for
1: the holidays, and then you go in what for a day, and then and I go
0: back on vacation. I know, right? That's the life. The same, I did. Hey, I
1: went in for a day last week too. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, my John. What are you going to do? Go to John Gruden's introductory press conference? Or oh or whatever yeah, we? for sure.
0: No, the Raiders are still uh, still in Oakland for another two seasons, right? Something like that.
1: But they can have the press conference in Vegas, just because. Why not?
0: True, true. Uh, is this so? I'm wondering about this Gruden to the Raiders thing. Is this like a typical grud, groomer, where he's just trying to get more money from ESPN, or is this really happening?
1: This I think
0: it's, a lot of smoke around this.
1: I, I think I think he goes this year. Because everybody's like, why would he leave it when he's going to He's making too ESPN? I think he's done that long enough to where he's like, well, hell, I yeah. got all this money. Do, he's do you bored. Think,
0: do you think if he bombs in uh, in Vegas, he could he could get that job back? He'll, he'll, he'll be just as famous, if not more famous. And that's one of the main requirements for that job, he's right? Just have a profile. A,
1: you know what? I'll just go retire and travel the world or whatever the hell he wants to do. And, you know, he can just go blow money afterwards. That can be his uh, whole ordeal. We'll see.
0: Yeah, well, that should be interesting. I I, I much prefer – I mean, honestly, I would have been okay with him going to Tennessee too because I think he would have done worse than Harbaugh in Michigan, honestly. It would have been funny to watch.
1: It would have. Well, you know, you mentioned Harbaugh bounce around here. I yeah, tell let's, you, let's this Harbaugh out. thing, it's not working. I don't think it's going to work. It's going to blow up with Shea. If Harbaugh was smart, he'd bail for an NFL job right now. Right. I mean, my
0: question. So everybody says that. Right. And, and a lot of bitter old myths fans have been saying, you know, it's going to be really funny when hardball leaves for the NFL and leaves Shea or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's obviously sour grapes in the context of Shea. but yeah, I agree. Hardball at Michigan is not working. My question is what team is going to hire him this year? He has a good record in the NFL, but I just, I don't know where he would actually go this season. I mean, Here's how
1: bad the coaching candidates are in the NFL. Is Marvin Lewis got a two-year extension. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, has his job still. Yeah. It makes. Um, and the, they just have nothing but a list of retreads they want to bring in. I mean, there's literally no one out there to hire. It's crazy. Um, yeah, hold on. I'm trying to find a
0: list of all the current vacancies. Um, let's see what we can find here. Okay, so obviously the Colts, right? And the Giants, both of those are still open, right?
1: Are open, the Giants are open, the Bears are open. Bears, uh, Denver, yeah. The coach. I cannot believe Dirk Cutter kept his job in Tampa. That's no, more evidence <laughs> that there's just no one out there to coach. Yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, honestly, there ought to be twice as many jobs open as there are right now. So,
0: I can see Gruden at Chi- in Chicago, right? That seems like it would be a fit. Not Green, I mean, Sorry, I mean Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Not Green.
1: Oakland would have kept Del Rio if it weren't for that. They were like ninety-nine percent sure they're getting Green. Yeah, no, no. I
0: met, um, I met, I met Harbaugh. I can see Harbaugh yeah. in Chicago. That would make sense. Yeah. Who are the Colts gonna hire?
1: No idea. Does somebody lower Nick Saban in the NFL? I don't. I don't think so. Right. Right.
0: He's going to retire at Alabama, right? They already built him like a a three-times scale statue to make him feel less short.
1: I don't know. I, mean, I just can't I can't
0: I can't imagine him taking that risk again. I feel like he's already embarrassed enough from the Dolphins thing.
1: I don't think it matters. I mean, he's, like, proven to be the best college coach ever. He could go flop in the NFL again if people would be like, hey, What
0: would he get out of it, you know? And also, like, I really think his big advantage in Alabama is something he doesn't have in the NFL, which is recruiting. No, I mean, I like, he's
1: I, got a system top to bottom. That, he has like, a
0: crazy system. He has, like, double the amount of, of staff members as the next biggest program. His program invests more than I any mean, other what program.
1: I a top... Six, six or eight program right now, and I watched the first quarter of the game. And went, oh shit! Alabama is just better at pretty much every spot of the named to every spot of the roster, or the majority of them. Yeah, and that's it's it's crazy. I was what? F- Go ahead, finish your thought. They played terrible in November. Got away with it. I mean, to be to be fair, they went. I mean, they went and lost on the road to a rival. I mean, that's all it that really. Yeah, well, I mean, they
0: almost lost in Starkville. Yeah, I, I think it, it must be. It must be because their big advantage is all depth, and you know, having the deepest roster, most well-rested roster. Maybe they just kind of wear down over the season. You get that break in between the regular season and the playoffs and, and they're able to, to rest up again. I don't know. And that's what I was saying last night in the group text. Um, my biggest problem with going to a six-team playoff with the one and two seeds getting a bye is it's going to make it more boring when Alabama gets to rest for a week and has to play against a team that just had to fight to win their game. And like that's just even more of a boa constrictor crushing a rabbit of a game, which is what Bama loves to do. I was saying I was reading a thread about this uh, on the Foom, just in case anyone else read it, not to think I'm stealing what they were saying. But a poster said um, the way Alabama wins is with defense and the run game, and the reason they have a big advantage there is because they have more five stars than anybody else. And if you just have overwhelming depth on defense, special teams, and, and with linemen and running backs, you can just you can just smash mouth, wear down almost any team. Um, and then they said, you know, the way to beat Alabama is the way the way Ole Miss did it, right? With really talented quarterbacks and wide receivers that can score on them, make them play from behind. And that's really the only time that they ever have to get away from that yeah, that gotta, crushing game plan.
1: If they play man, and if you got good enough receivers and you got a quarterback, you can throw on them.
0: Right, and you need to you need to score some early so that they they don't get to play their game, which is just running it down your throat and not worrying as much about it.
1: Under my sixteen model, you would play the like this year. You I would have played the conference title games the second. I would have played the first round of games the sixteenth. So a week a week off between the conference championship games, and then the quarters, or the three six the four five, and then another week off, and then you play the semis. So you would have given the 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 winner of the three six four five. They would have each um they would have each gotten a bye week before they played the next team,
0: okay, okay, well I, I mean I guess that makes it better but but still i I, I think it should be eight teams, three rounds because the, the that doesn't make it any shorter to have six in a bye week it's still the same number of weeks
1: but i'm the hell with the the hell with this whole committee shit i don't you, know you, Does, is the committee really that bad uh, what what are what
0: have they messed up on? Like, do you think it should have been a different top four this year? Should Wisconsin have gotten in over
1: Bama? Probably not, Wisconsin. I, I don't know. It'd be if you're picking the best four teams, they probably got it right. But I don't know. I mean, in the NFL, to the best should, they, should teams. they have
0: just matched up uh, Bama Georgia in the first round, so this couldn't happen? What we have now?
1: Oh, it's part of it to me is the the NFL. The top twelve teams don't make the playoffs, right? You right. can go eight and eight, win your division, and go win a play. Maybe that's that's part fair. Of it.
0: So, so you want automatic conference champ qualifiers?
1: Like six the power five plus whoever the uh, I guess you got to have a smidge of subjectivity. Whoever the top ranked uh, power five school is, or non power five school is, that's conference champ. Man, that's but always- some years,
0: some years that would suck. Like this year would be awesome with UCF, but some years the best non-Power 5 team would still be terrible compared to the five conference champions.
1: Three, three C's got to play a game, and gets to play a crap team. So you want to be the three over the four.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Interesting.
1: I mean, yeah,
0: I would definitely welcome it. I, I think that the playoff in its current iteration is too small and too short. It doesn't really make sense to have a playoff when it's only four teams, you know? The whole point of a playoff is that it's a easier. It's easier to get into, and winning it is a big accomplishment because you got past all these other
1: people. Yeah, because to me, if you make the conference, if it's all conference champs, and all the focus. Go, I mean, the regular season means a ton. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and every every conference game means even more. Um, I mean, um, people I know where know they least. stand. People know what they have to do to get in. They don't have to worry about the selection committee.
1: So,
0: yeah. So I mean, we haven't really just straight up said it, but the the, the Georgia beats Oklahoma, Alabama beats Clemson. You you mentioned that. Sets up an all-SEC national championship game. Give me your excitement level for this game on a scale of 1 to 10, John.
1: I am really damn happy to be up here. And according to the weather, I'm watching the weather channel right now because I want to see how damn cold everybody is. I guess It's sign, signs I'm getting even older. <laughs> the coldest place in the U.S. right now is Mount Washington, New Hampshire. Oh, wow, well, yeah. I guess I'm going to make circle circle laggings to this. I'm glad I'm not down there dealing with all the Alabama, Georgia, blah blah blah, in SEC country. Like I think the, like it,
0: the rah rah positive crap. Yep,
1: I yeah. think Georgia's just going to be. I mean, they haven't won a title since Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. They went out and they hired Kirby to get him to the promised land.
0: He did it really fast, the second season, right?
1: Play, but he's got to go play saving in the in the. Uh, in the stadium built in the former parking lot of the Georgia Dome where Aaron Murray and the boys fell short of the goal line five years ago. And if they had beaten Alabama title, SEC title game, it would have killed the shit out of Notre Dame.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Notre Dame was terrible that year.
1: Notre Dame was going to get killed by either one of those teams. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of basic. I mean, that not getting over the hump there and then not getting close the following seasons led to the decision to go to Kirby and the, uh, the additional commitment, so
0: yeah, wink, gonna, wink, wink, nod, nod.
1: Now we're going to get to kind of see. Okay, is it there? I. It's a bit unfair to Kirby in a way because he's only had really, you know, two. He's only had two recruiting classes. He doesn't have the roster locked and loaded the way, and I, you know, Alabama should have it now. But. It's a shot at it. It's one game. I don't think Hertz is great. I mean, Clemson was outman in a lot of spots, but really kept that a game for a chunk of it. And it wasn't you know a couple if a couple things go different. They
0: I, I think I think Hertz is kind of like a Dan Mullen QB. Like he's really talented runner. Just don't make him pass. It's weird, but I mean, Saban's not known for his quarterbacks.
1: From's gonna have to play well.
0: Yeah. Uh, but Georgia, I think Georgia has the defense to, to win.
1: I think Georgia's got it. I mean, Fromm and those receivers that, are going to have a pretty good day. Yeah, the question
0: is, the question is, what do Michelle and Chubb do against Bama's run defense, which is the best they've played?
1: I don't think they're going to be able just to line up and run it. They're going to have to. But even they to.
0: if they're shut down twice as hard as they were against Oklahoma, that's too much. Like, they, they had huge holes. They were running wild in that game. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, those guys are really freaking good. I was really impressed with Georgia's play calling. Honestly, that Georgia-Oklahoma game, that should have been the championship because what a great game. Uh, what, what fun play calls on both sides. Great, talented players. Um, really, really exciting. Uh, I was impressed. with. I was not impressed with Georgia in the first half, but the way they came back and, and won, very impressive.
1: They withstood the storm, uh, the squib kick at the end of the half. Yeah, was that, that was so
0: Matt Luke. That was totally Matt Luke in the Egg Bowl, calling that timeout to give State the field goal.
1: yarder so then they can say, okay, That's get huge. a stop score. It's a one-score game. They went and they did that. It's huge. Um, really shut them down, shut Oklahoma down the whole third quarter. Uh, OU makes a run. The play calling in overtime was weird. I, I heard that was listening to different Podcast earlier, somebody suggested that Mayfield got hurt in the fourth quarter, mm. and led to the play calling we saw at the end. Which you know what that makes. I don't get why they ran the ball
0: so much. At the yeah, end no, day. I mean that. If that's what happened, then it pretty much explains it.
1: Wait, Florida State's closing Tallahassee campus tomorrow
0: for weather. Weird. What's the temperature we might,
1: there? It might be Thursday, we're supposed to get like eight inches and forty mile hour winds.
0: Jeez Louise. Yeah, it snowed here a few weeks ago, but right now it's dry at least. Yep. So. Oh, man, yeah. I mean, that was a great game. Alabama-Clemson, less interesting. What?
1: Who are you rooting for in the title game? Uh, Georgia.
0: Uh, Definitely Georgia. I mean, do people like, like? Do, who are you rooting for? You're not rooting for Bama, are you?
1: I guess I'm rooting for Georgia.
0: I, I don't like Saban. I don't like Alabama fans. Sorry to my family.
1: No. Personally, I'm just tired of Alabama winning so much.
0: No, yeah. I I don't like Saban because, like I said, I don't think he's the best coach. I think he's the best CEO, and that's a little annoying. I yeah, think, I think there are better in-game coaches that do more fun, creative stuff. Um, and I, I mean Kirby is Kirby is like little Saban, so I don't necessarily love him. But I just like you said, I'm ready for some some change. I'm just ready for it. And basically, if Alabama loses any game, I won't be upset. If State beat Alabama, even though it would have been hella obnoxious being here, I would have been happy that Alabama lost, regardless, because I, I I love the meltdown when they lose. Um, yeah, that game was a little less interesting. They had some some fun moments though. Who's that lineman? Deron Payne is that his name? That was hilarious. He got like a big interception, and they ran a they ran a play for him where he caught a, a pass on a on a rub route. That was so funny. And uh, did, did you see? Did you see him do the toe tap in the end zone? <laughs> this is like 320, and he's he's toe tapping. It was freaking fantastic. I saw the
1: highlight. I'll be front. I went to bed at the half. Yeah, I, I mean, watched.
0: I wasn't. I missed the second half of the Oklahoma Clemson game and the first half of the. Or sorry, the Oklahoma Georgia game and the first half of Alabama Clemson. Uh, I just saw the second half. But yeah, there's. I mean, that's the beauty of Twitter. You can, if something great happens, you're gonna be able to see it later. So it's all good. Um yeah overall wait did you ever give me an excitement level john what's your excitement level for this this match uh, six wow six i would definitely put mine closer to like a four but part of that is just being over college football for the year in general you know as it, it re- moved on to recruiting if i was down me.
1: there it'd probably be lower
0: yeah because mm-hmm. it's just like get it over with
1: the line on this <laughs> is the line out yet we're gonna see
0: I'm gonna guess Bama minus three. Try to get some Georgia action.
1: I heard it was like four. Honestly, if Bama got all the way up to like minus seven, that wouldn't surprise me.
0: No, it wouldn't. And I, I, I honestly think that any movement in that line is gonna not be reliable at all because it's just gonna be Bama and Georgia fans emotionally betting.
1: What do you think the split of fans in that stadium is gonna be? I I bet it's pretty close to fifty fifty. Because obviously, obviously Georgia has more fans in
0: Atlanta, but Bama has fans everywhere, and they have money and they travel.
1: Yeah, I mean that's gonna. I mean that ticket's over three grand apparently just to get in the building. Which, yeah, I mean Alabama fans
0: are more used to that than Georgia fans, so I, I expect about fifty yeah, fifty. But you got all
1: those Georgia fans. They're gonna be
0: excited to go. I know, but still, I we'll those see.
1: Corporate jobs in Atlanta. They're gonna. It, it's gonna be a high price ticket.
0: No doubt about that. What do you think the split's gonna be in the stadium? I mean you seem to think more Georgia fans.
1: I think it's you know I'm going to say it's 55-45 Georgia because I mean Alabama's been to this game so many times. Georgia uh-huh. fans Georgia fans have been waiting 3 decades to get here.
0: I I really almost think it's that it's Before. not it's I don't really think Atlanta is in Georgia though for the purposes of this. Like there's so many expats living in Atlanta and it's so easy to fly into there. I you could be right about 5545. I just don't think the location is going to be the reason. I think if it's 5545 it's more because Georgia fans haven't been to this game
1: in so long and they want to be there. And it's awfully damn easy for them to get there. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean no doubt about that. Um what what is that game uh, like a weekday? Like they normally put this like a Monday or something that's what they normally do with these games? 8 o'clock Monday. I wish they'd started an hour earlier. 8 o'clock Good. Monday, yeah. 8 Eastern for you, yeah? Yep. Gotcha. All right, so yeah, that'll be – I mean, I'm sure I'll watch or at least be following along what's happening um, next Monday. I don't know. It'll be, I wonder if we'll be recording then or we could do it the next day or something. Probably do it the day after. Yeah, talk about what happened. Um. All right, cool. Uh. Let's get off of that. Um. Got some actual old Miss stuff want to talk about. Basketball team opens up SEC play. Um, finished non conf a little bit better than they than they started it as well. We'll get to that in a bit. Let's hit some football topics here. Um, this I don't really know how to transition into this, John, but I just I'm gonna bring it up. Have you read about this Austin Thomas guy?
1: This you know, Matt Luke appears to cont- continues to demonstrate that he appears to actually kind of have a competent plan. Or Shocking,
0: shockingly competent is, is it goes back to,
1: and this is not the most logical group of events, but it appears that the chancellor's an idiot for the goofball. However you want to look at it. Uh-huh, sure. The, uh, ad's a wimp has no mm-hmm. PR skills. Mm-hmm. They, they both uh, salute the good old boys. Matt Luke's a good old boy hire, but he actually appears just to be—I mean, everything he's done since he got the full-time job has been a hundred, has been completely competent. It's been impressive. Yeah. I, I looked at his Twitter the other day randomly, mm-hmm. and he has done nothing but just retweet like signing day stuff. I love it. And very generic football stuff. I love it. Sent... It is exceptional Twitter management.
0: Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm hopping in his um his following oh yeah
1: go look at his twitter it's glorious okay so
0: if you remember if you remember one of the craziest things about freeze was the insane amount of curation he did on his following do you remember that like he would never be following more than like 80 people and they were always current or upcoming recruits Like he was clearly spending like 30 minutes a day doing this i gotta follow our head coach by the way head we're welcome for the follow matt hit you up with it um Freeze, my gosh. I feel a lot better about Luke's Twitter following 336 from scrolling I'm seeing a mix of our coaches, our current players former players and recruits it's a much healthier social media strategy um, as long as it looks like he's not caring as much about Twitter as Freeze I'm happy um, that, that guy took it way too far he's still he's, he's back on Twitter I don't think I've unfollowed him yet but it's it's imminent
1: um, I think Luke comes across and certainly seems to be like just a genuine guy yeah, in the era of you know that's what everybody
0: says about him, right? He's 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 not like of a normal
1: kid. And you are salesman, you know. He he comes across as a hey, we're gonna, you know. Ole Miss has some unique and really good assets. His campus is pretty. The size of the campus and the town's attractive. Yes, yeah, SEC, SEC West, but it's,
0: it's not like yeah. going to Bama. You know, you get to you get to say I'm an individual. I'm gonna do something different.
1: If you come in and. and uh, if you're an elite player at Bama, you're just another player at the right. end of the day. If you're an elite player at Ole Miss. You're the face I mean, of the program. Exactly. I yeah. Mean, AJ comes in and does it. With exactly. It I it.
0: mean, even Shea Patterson. You know, would say what you will about him now, but he got a lot of goodwill for two years from Ole Miss fans. A lot of love. Um, it's, it's a it's a fan base that's desperate for for you know to be loved by players. That they, they will love you back for sure. I mean, wow.
1: overall, it's not a it's not a bad spot to be. No, yeah. And it offers right now. It offers playing time.
0: Right, that's in, a big part of it.
1: Best division, in the best division in college football, in a program that I mean went to back to back Access Bowls.
0: Yeah, not that long ago, two seasons ago. Beat,
1: beat Alabama twice. They're, yep. They, I mean. They're able to look at it and say, look, we beat Alabama twice, had some pickups, come back here, we'll get there.
0: And then, I mean, there's, there's also there's some legit NFL presence. I mean, who's the best rookie tight end? Evan Ingram. Robert Cavditi just got a pick six. Moncrief's balling out in uh, Indianapolis.
1: Yep. Rebel Grove had their 10, uh, 10 key days. problem does everything. Right. Ever. right. Had the NFL opening season in there was, where's Eli playing? Because I think he made a good point. I mean, Eli's a marketing you know, it, it's funny. i never really thought about this until just now. Ole Miss beat Alabama back to back years, so they don't have the whole Patriot. Or er, sorry, they give it away. They don't. <laughs> everybody else was sitting there going, "How do we beat Alabama?" Ole Miss is sitting there going, "How do we not <laughs> screw up the rest of?"
0: Them? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's kind of mm-hmm. similar to the New York Giants over the past ten years. Mm-hmm. They beat the Patriots twice. Yep. For them, it's always been how do we get in the damn playoffs? So it's, it's,
0: it's a pretty similar problem. That is just, that is an interesting question about Eli. I also think that you know we just need Eli to to stay on top for a couple more years, and I think AJ Brown could become that that face of the program in the NFL. I think he could be maybe not in the first two or three seasons, but I think he has the potential to be the best receiver on an NFL team. What do you, do you think that's realistic?
1: Sorry, bro. Sorry to say that again.
0: Do you think it's realistic that? Maybe not right away, but in the first five to six years of his NFL career, he could be the number one for an NFL team. AJ Brown.
1: He he's got number one receiver potential.
0: Is it is is the fact that he plays in the slot is that going to prevent him from being a number one in the NFL? Or will he just move outside?
1: No, team, we imagine him on the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, he would be dominant. Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. Yeah, I mean that's it's,
0: uh, basically what I'm saying is Eli's getting older. But I think that A.J. could be that guy in the NFL that is who people think of when they think of Ole Miss in the NFL. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so, so we're circling back around. We're all over the place on the show. But, you know, that's what I'm sure you see on here. I, I asked about Austin Thomas. We said um, if Luke is, is truly going to get this guy on staff, it would signal a great deal of competence. Uh, basically, what you need to know about this guy, he is slash was – the general manager, quote unquote, it's basically a title that I think they kind of invented for him uh, of the LSU football program. Um, it sounds like basically he does all the jobs that Barney was doing as recruiting coordinator, plus a ton more from the administrative side. Um, you know, he's he is in charge of the recruiting strategy. He's in charge of camps. He's in charge of. At least at LSU, he had a waiver to be on the road recruiting. I don't know if Ole Miss is going to be able to pull that off because you have to have another coach with a reason to not be on the road recruiting. Yeah, we're just
1: well with Barney. We'll probably exactly,
0: yeah. I doubt they want to approve another uh, administrator to recruit for Ole Miss after the Barney Farrar saga. But uh, by all accounts, this is a super competent dude. He's going to be in the NFL. Um, people think sooner rather than later. What would you say?
1: they hire him or is it just a
0: prospect i, I think it's I, I people have been insinuating that it's going to happen and more recent his more recent story he he leaves lsu ostensibly he's going to go do the same thing at tennessee he improve it can't agree on responsibilities titles stuff like that um he ends up not being at tennessee but it sounds like he's not going to go back to lsu i'm not positive what's going on there you know people have been saying well maybe it's along the same lines of canada the the lsu oc who's kind of Getting fired, but a lot of people think he's leaving because he doesn't think that you know it's really working out with with Orgeron. Who knows? You know, maybe maybe uh, Austin Thomas wants to rebuild a program that's in a situation like Ole Misses, and then that's one more feather in his in his cap, right? Um, I I don't know why he'd want to come to Ole Miss, but based on what we know about him, if he wants to come, I'm I'm all for it. I think it's he's, it's he's, brilliant. Is he? 31? He's young. Yeah, I, I think it's brilliant I'm, if Luke is able. To hire a non-assistant, so not take up one of those positions, a staff member that can make your recruiting better, that's that's awesome to me. Uh, and just the idea of having competent administrators, just kind of after everything we've been through the last five years, um, it just sounds really appealing. So I really hope that, that this one works out.
1: Agree. That's competent. Um, corral's Doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, you know.
0: and Luke, Luke still, uh, to, to kind of feed off of that, he's he's going to get to make another hire at least uh, this offseason. He gets to fill that 10th assistant spot. He said it's going to be a defensive guy. Some names going around, um, ranging from boring to, yeah, that would be pretty good to who knows. Um, there's rumors he might shake things up on the existing staff, maybe move somebody like a Maurice Harris off the field. Uh, I think I talked about this on the show before. People say he might bring in pen pen Penunzio from from bama who i think either played at ole miss or was on staff at ole miss at some point uh to be the tight ends coach who knows we'll, we'll grade those hires when they actually happen um but like we've been saying on the show uh so far luke's um inspiring some quiet confidence oh no drama
1: and everything you hear is like wow oh, that's a good idea i love
0: that, I love that. yeah our, our boy, uh, Matty Corral, in San Antonio for the Army All-American game. Hopefully out there, uh, you know, recruiting some linebackers. But we do know that he maybe has gotten a four-star center on board. Tyrone Sampson from Michigan. Okay. I'm ex- excited I'd about be
1: that. Wes McGrovese go has to go recruit linebacker. That's yeah, his job. There's
0: several four-star linebackers left on the board. you got the Chris Oates guy. Uh, up in the Midwest, there's a guy in California that's on the board. Apparently, that's a four-star. Uh, we'll see. Along those same lines, we we'll talked about this before we started the show, Ole Miss is recruiting the Alabama athlete, Harold Joyner, who was maybe going to go to LSU at one point. That fell apart. Um, it sounds to me like he's going to end up at Auburn uh, once Carryon Johnson likely enters the draft. That'll open up a spot for him. I'm not sure what he's going to do at Auburn. He's a little tall. He'll play running back, listed as an athlete. Some people have said tight end. I don't know, but um, I, you know, he'd be happy to have him if he wants to, if he wants to come. But as I was saying before the show, a kid that only wants to come to Ole Miss if his first five choices fall through, that also is going to need to switch positions from what he's playing right now to to find a place on the field. Sounds like a recipe for for discontent on his part and just, you know, generally not working out, but who knows? You know, trust the coaches on that one. So I think he'll end up at Auburn. We'll see. Um, uh, uh, let's see what I get, what else I got on my list of stuff to talk about here. Oh, it's, we need to bring in that um, the, the Tyrone Sampson, the four-star center, more than ever, losing Jack DeFore to Georgia Tech. I'm pretty sure that news came out uh, since we last recorded our episode. it been a couple of weeks. Yep. He was the kid that signed from Georgia. He's just a three-star white kid, but he's been in the program, I think, two years now. A redshirt, and then another year, yeah, he's maybe. Part of the
1: sixteen group, so he right. uh, was redshirt in sixteen, and then been a redshirt freshman.
0: Right. So you know it sucks to put that kind of time into a kid that then's gonna go play somewhere else. But wish him the best. I think Georgia Tech was the second choice in recruiting anyway, so it's not really. A shock or anything it's i mean it it is what it is you don't you don't want to make kids stay at your school when they feel like they've been sold one thing and that's not the reality of it so uh have fun jack get after that definitely i mean the offensive line for next season i want to talk some about the depth chart john so we can kind of just transition into that now if that's okay with you uh it looks really good for next year you you only lose dorante bolden and Ron ron taylor you're bringing back Alex Givens, Sean Rawlings, uh, Sims, obviously Greg Little at left tackle, uh, Javon Patterson. Like Royce
1: Newman, Bryce Matthews. Right. So Wayne. that's the question, right? Is like yeah.
0: Ben Brown, Royce Newman, Bryce Matthews. Or which of those guys is going to make an impact next year? Uh, but after next year, you lose a lot. You know, Greg Little goes to the draft. I think Javon graduates. Does Jordan Sims graduate after next year? Is he going to be a senior, I want to say? Uh well, Hey, Rollins, Rollins definitely Rawlings has been around for forever the only one that I think might have eligibility after next year would be Givens uh, and, and maybe Sims I gotta check what year he started old Miss um, so need to be recruiting OL in this class and gonna need to recruit a lot in the next class and hope those guys like Royce Newman and Bryce Matthews it was really important that those guys didn't leave um, but still you need interior guys so adding Tyrone Sampson to this class would be huge um, good job Maddie Corral uh, oh, ooh! I I got something that we is not on my list. We need to talk about John Breland. Speaks declares for the NFL Draft. Um, Would have loved to have him back next year. Um, ever since Chris Kiffin left, he's he's been a lot more productive, a lot happier. Uh, but at the same time, you know, go go get paid, go represent Ole Miss in the league, and also by doing it, declaring for the draft now, he does open up a spot in this class. Ole Miss is going to be able to fill. So we'll have to see who they're able to fill with that. Um, but overall, the early signing period turned out pretty well for Ole Miss. I, that happened since we did the last show. We we kind of knew what was coming a little bit. I, I'm trying to think of what the surprises would have been. I mean, flipping James Williams from State, the Callaway guy, um, was a positive on the day. Obviously, signing Corral was good. Signed a lot of the other guys you'd already had in the boat. Uh, I think the only recruit that Ole Miss would have, wanted to sign that didn't was the the Deantre hyman i think i'm saying that right maybe derunta i'm not sure if there's an extra r in there uh i think he's like a uh, defensive end that can maybe be a linebacker as well one day he's he's not necessarily off the board but you know it's never encouraging if someone doesn't sign in the early signing period although this is the first year we're still figuring out exactly what's going to happen with kids like this that don't sign but do, do you end up being able to land him is he going to go somewhere else I don't know, but uh, overall, pretty good early signing period for Ole Miss. Got a lot of defensive players. Um, oh, Elijah Moore didn't mention that. Who who was a former Georgia commit? Probably didn't have room for him at Georgia, but he could have ended up in a lot of classes. I mean, this is a really talented four-star wide receiver. He has height. Um, excited about him for sure. Um, obviously, they signed the other wide receiver that been on the been committed for a long time. The kid from South Carolina. Uh, whose name's escaping me right now, De- DeMarcus Gregory, that's him. Uh, maybe looking for adding a couple more wide receivers uh, before signing day or on signing day. Um, I, re- I think Ole Miss might be able to sneak in the top 25. We'll see. I think they're at 35 after the early signing period. Um, just, again, another another fairly impressive uh, thing that Matt Luke has done since he got the full-time job.
1: Yeah, what's his face? Fabian Love It decommitted from State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a positive. Old
0: Miss Definitely wants to get him. He's a three star guy, but a lot of people think he has some, some future NFL potential.
1: Boarhead not having any ties to Mississippi has really really been you know, I mean we, we like to tongue in cheek the Mississippi made thing. Uh-huh. But, but it's tough. Mississippi's a, it's a quirky place and I don't mean that in a bad way or anything it's just it's unique and there's a very uh-huh. much from there one of them and that makes a difference and Moorhead being a Northeasterner is gonna just he appears just to be a, more of an ex and o, is those technical guy where Luke can go in there and engage have a conversation talks like one of them etc sure. and then, uh, well, and these and
0: these these guys have known Luke for a long time because even before he was the head coach, he did a lot of Ole Misses recruiting in Mississippi, um, and, and just generally was. You know, class,
1: he's going to be able to say, "I coach Tunsell. Yep, i coach Colin Cooper, and then Greg Little is a you know first or second round prospect like yep, and, yeah players.
0: And I think he's recruited some other some other big name guys for Ole Miss that didn't necessarily play on the line. Yeah. Uh, but I have he, to look. I think two four seven two four seven does that right. Two four seven has two people recruited. Let me try to figure that out. You go ahead. Into it, but... um, yeah, no, I, I. And obviously, none of those guys had ever heard of Joe Moorhead before he was hired. That doesn't mean they're not gonna come to like him and want to play for him or whatever. But it's just he has a lot of catching up to do, I
1: guess. Yeah. Um. Speaking of goofy northeasterners, you want, it was on your list. Uh, the whole thing about Matt Corral's recruitment with Dan Mullen.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so that was it. Was on my list. Yeah. So, like I said, Corral's in San Antonio for the Army All American game. He's um, doing interviews and all. He he did an interview, I think, with Barton Simmons. I'm not sure. He's a big uh, two four seven Army All American game guy. He's always writing lots of articles out of there. Um, Basically, you know, I don't, I don't know how much we're gonna believe, you know, that it went down exactly like he says it went down in the article. But he made it sound like he, he, he kind of he gave Florida a chance. Florida said, "You're our guy. We're not gonna recruit anybody else." And basically, he just didn't really trust him. He didn't really feel like Dan Mullen was being genuine. Uh, he mentioned Billy Gonzalez, who was the wide receivers coach at State that's in Florida now, and said that. He didn't feel like they were being honest with him. I mean, obviously it was publicized that Mullen was visiting with other quarterbacks and all that stuff. Uh, and he just, he I mean, he said that Luke was there visiting him. Uh, Florida and Mullen were calling him during that. Um, he didn't really respond because he was with Luke. And then he tried to call him back later, and they didn't pick up or something. Like, he couldn't get in touch with anybody in Florida. Uh, so he just texted him and said, hey, I'm going to decommit. Uh, committed to Ole Miss, and now he's, now he's signed and all. So, I mean, you know, he's gotten, he's kind of gotten raked over the coals, um, especially by people that just already have an axe to grind against Ole Miss and and are gonna basically go after anybody that commits to Ole Miss. But they 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 have all kinds of stories about what happened to him at USC and Florida dropped him and blah blah blah. And I mean, it's like I said on the last show, I I I don't think it's it's honest that Florida dropped him. You can say. Florida wasn't willing to recruit only him as QB in this class. I think that's more accurate. Uh, but I, I'm sure Dan Mullen would have been happy to sign him. Like I said, it would have it made his fans happy um, to sign a kid that they had been invested in for so long. But he doesn't fit Dan Mullen's system. I mean, nobody really is is fair to the kid in that regard. I mean, he gets all the flack for decommitting. But, I mean, his the the coach he committed to is gone. The system's totally different. I don't understand how you could really blame him for that. Uh Wow. Dang. Do you want to hear? So Luke is listed as recruiting a ton of people. Do you want to hear some of this? Yep. Okay. So we got Greg Little, Laramie Tunzel, Rod Taylor, Javon Patterson, uh, Jerry and Ely, who may or may not, but definitely will not play at Old Mess. But we also got Austin Golson, starting left tackle for Auburn, right? DK Metcalf, Bryce Matthews, Ryan Buchanan, Lowell, uh, Royce Newman, Tony Gray, Chandler Tuitt, Jordan Sims. Uh, it kind of drops off from there. Jeremy Liggins, D.K. Buford, just some other smaller name. Oh, well, the Mississippi guy. Sean Rollins down here. Um, but, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of really big talent and Mississippi talent for him to sell the 2019 class as, you know, talk to these guys. And, and you know, we're going to have these guys tweeting at him and all that stuff, too, and the Mississippi made and all of that. And, I mean, what's – I mean, I guess Moorhead can – can contact Mississippi state players of the past and ask him to do that for him. But he doesn't have that relationship with them. You know, he didn't recruit Fletcher Cox or whatever. He didn't recruit Dak. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure those guys are going to publicly say, you know, we love coach Moorhead and all that. You should play for him. It's just not quite the same as when they can say, Oh yeah. You know, me and Matt Luke, we were always tight. And I remember him coming to my house when I was in 11th grade and blah, blah, blah. Um, It's definitely a disadvantage for Moorhead. Um, it, it's a it's honestly a strange move, with how how good the twenty nineteen class is. Mississippi Mississippi State and Ole Miss really took kind of opposite approaches to their coaching hire in regards to that class coming up. It seems to me like Ole Miss uh, is all about emphasizing that class and the Mississippi ties and all of that, whereas you know I'm, I'm a little surprised State didn't try to hire somebody with more ties to the South just because of that class. Um, but. I don't know. I guess they, they thought they were too good for the uh, the Southern Miss guy. Obviously, they're too good for Hudspeth. He's their tight ends coach now.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I thought Hudspeth
1: was just going to be able to recruit all these guys by himself.
0: Sure. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't want to play for him. Uh, yeah. Can Hudsp- I mean, Hudspeth has to be a little careful, right? He got in some, some pretty decent trouble at, at ULL for recruiting. Yeah. I mean, David Saunders was straight paying people cash while he was on his staff. That's worse than even what we we accuse Barney of doing. Um let us see what else is on the list here. Um oh. uh, we, I mean I, I think that's enough football stuff now. We can transition, and get a little more in depth about basketball. I mentioned Ole Miss started out the SEC season with the win over South Carolina. Um, It's always fun to play South Carolina with the whole Kennedy Frank Martin relationship, Uh, and I love watching Frank Martin coach a game because he's so emotional and so angry, and he looks so mad about everything his players do. Final four this
1: past year, yeah,
0: yeah. So Ole Miss opens SEC play with a win over a Final Four team from the year before. Yeah, pretty good.
1: It'd be funny if Andy started the year four and one in conference play, just to troll everybody and oh shit. Can he? Can I think he if he
0: did that, people would be back on board for sure. Uh,
1: I mean, th- that's my uh, that's my lifeline to A- A- AK. Go four and one to open SEC play, and I go, hmm, all right.
0: Absolutely. Well, and I mean, like, I don't necessarily think that's what's gonna happen, but if it did, I feel like you have to like the overtime, the three overtime losses at home are really rough. It sucks for your resume. It's not a good look.
1: You don't look at their deal; that they haven't lost any bad games. They just hadn't been able to close out against good teams. Exactly, <laughs> it's
0: it's not a good look, and it's not what you need to be doing. But at the same time, you were that close. You know, you were one free throw in the in the regular uh, in the regulation away from from not getting overtime.
1: This this season is the league. The league's good enough to where you can you can yeah. actually play. If they go
0: twelve and six, I think they're in. The league is yeah. good.
1: I was thinking thirteen and five, but yeah, a strong twelve and 12 six. Twelve and
0: six with the right twelve and and no bombs in the six. Although I don't even know who the bomb really is. I think Ole Miss is the lowest RPI right now, the worst RPI. Yeah, they're lowest RPI going in. I think so only only the way to go is up for Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they need to start start winning a lot more games than they did in the non conf But it's it's not out of the realm uh, with how good the league is right now. I got this Vanderbilt Alabama game on right now. Both teams look really good. Vandy's up by ten and. A lot of people think Alabama has some of the best players in the league, so I I was definitely encouraged by the way they beat South Carolina. Um, it, it wasn't just all guard play and flashy shots; they played defense. Um, they 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 got some really decent play out of Hyman, Bruce Stevens, some guys that are going to have to produce uh, for Ole Miss to be good. And and also they they won the game with Terrence Davis having a a really bad night. He had two early fouls. Uh, he fouled out with a, a decent amount of time left. Only had a handful of points. Um, one of his only good plays of the game, he had a wide open dunk, and he he missed the dunk and hung on the rim and got a technical. So that kind of told you the kind of night Terrence was having. But but still, I think I think through the first half of the season or third or whatever it is. <coughs> uh, excuse me, my my MVP, the guy that I think is the key for Ole Miss and and the biggest addition to the team in the off season is Markel Crawford. Um, he's just he 's such a veteran presence out there um he 's vocal he's you always see him communicating with the younger guys after the whistle or while the play is going on um He seems to be in the right place at the right time a lot he plays good defense he can knock down some threes he can take it in and score as well um you know he's not he 's not like all conference or anything but on a young guard driven team to have a a bigger guard that has that mentality that can communicate that can coach up the younger guys. Uh, and also just have that confidence having played at Memphis and playing stressful, you know, into the game minutes before. I just I think we're really lucky to have him. So uh <laughs> props to AK for going and getting him as a grad transfer. In the offseason, I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the year and the way he's able to get these these young guards like Schuler and Brian Tyree um playing on a consistent level. I I I really like the the team, not necessarily the the makeup of it, but just the players themselves are there's some exciting talents for sure. I mean, I think, um, you know, as always, DeAndre Burnett is, is still underrated. He gets overlooked a lot, but he knocks down some huge shots. Uh, he's a great team player. I think he's, I mean, he's, he's got that Steph Moody uh, 90 plus percentage from free throw. So, you know, you feel good about him being your guy down the stretch in games. Um, and he just has to have that confidence. And I think he does just to, you know, hold on to the ball. He made a really good play. I don't know if you're watching the game. He made a really good play um late he got trapped but it was like maybe 40 seconds left Ole Miss was up by two or four you know really didn't need a turnover uh he got trapped and instead of trying to pass the ball off he he split the defenders went down to the ground got an easy easy foul call went and made both his shots I mean he just he doesn't panic on the stretch and, and you definitely need that um from your from your veteran guard so I I, I think there are pieces still on this team to get it going. Like I said, you got to have your post players play consistently. Uh, Icek played better this game, but he's still, you know, he's not, he's not going to be able to put the team on his back. You know, you just hope for him to get some rebounds, uh, disrupt some shots, uh, mostly just be in the right place at the right time. Um, but, you know, it, it is, it is really cool that they get to play in the SEC in a year where it's not just liability after liability. You know, there's actually big games that if you win them, it's a big win. So, should be an exciting eight, season.
1: Eighteen games left. Fifteen of them are against teams with RPIs in the top seventy-four.
0: Wow, that's that's actually really interesting. That's that's huge stat.
1: They go to sixty Georgia, home against seventy-four State, at thirty Auburn, home against eighty-six Florida. They got to go. Uh, well, wow,
0: Florida's eighty-six, and they'll probably go up. I mean, Florida's good.
1: Probably go up. Then here, here's this for. Here's their uh, January 16th and 20th. They go to number 7 A&M and then to number 4 Arkansas. Yeah, beautiful. So that, then home against 28 Alabama, at 45 Texas, home against 30 Auburn, at 12 Tennessee, Mizzou's 25, LSU's 122, Arkansas. So here, here's, you know, they're going to, like, lose the next four. This is totally pointless. But they get Tennessee twice. They're currently 12th missouri twice twenty fifth state twice a seventy fourth they get arkansas twice who has an r p i of four and is that everybody that's doubled up looks like it yeah I yeah, mean so many opportunities there that's awesome hell they might be able to go eleven and seven if it's the right eleven and seven and get in this damn thing yeah with
0: mean. some with some good wins, yeah so.
1: Um, Hang on. Actually, they have a. Well, it's way too early for bracketology, but there's eight SEC teams in the tournament right now. Wow.
0: So. And uh, they, they played Texas in the middle of the season, right?
1: Yep. When they go to Austin, so they can go beat Shaka and get them a win.
0: What's their RPI? 45. 45. Sorry, you might have already said that. So that's awesome. Lots of opportunities left. So it's nice to. Uh, they ended up going. Was it six and four in the non-conference? Seven and five, something like that. It's it's nice to be able to do that and not feel like your season's automatically over. In some past years, where the SEC was super weak, that would have been the case for sure. Yeah. Um, so so a lot to watch for there. Uh, let's see, John. Did you think of any other topics you want to talk about this week that we didn't get to? I think we hit everything on my list, and we added a couple of things
1: that I had forgotten. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. I think Alabama probably wins the national title by two touchdowns just uh
0: to, yeah the way they handled clemson yeah i think that would make a lot of sense rooting for auburn but it wouldn't be surprising at all uh and Saban, as ever been beaten by a former assistant
1: that is correct
0: yeah huh. but hey there's always a first very thing i think this is pro- this is i looked at the list and, like, some of those former assistants are, like, Dooley and Jim McElwain in the SEC Championship. You know, like, these, they have not been nearly as closely matched as this one should be, so we'll see. Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah. If that's anything on the list. Uh, I have, we didn't really get into the depth chart too much. I think I was going to talk about how Scotty Phillips maybe is as Ole Miss's best hope next season at running back, but, um, We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. We'll, you know, we'll have spring camp, and I, I, I guess, surely Matt Luke's going to have a Grove Bowl, right? That's what a good Rebel would do.
1: He should. That's a, I mean, I think things... he
0: will, because the Grove Bowl is something for the for the Oxford people and for the good Rebels, and I, I can't imagine him not doing it.
1: Yeah.
0: So we'll have plenty to watch on that front. We got baseball a couple months out on the horizon here. Um, we'll we'll definitely be getting into that. Uh, basketball, they play. Who do they play tomorrow? You already said it earlier, I think.
1: Is it Georgia?
0: Yeah, I think it, I think it might be Georgia. That, that sounds yeah. right. Georgia. Yeah, they go to at Georgia. They got State on Saturday. Um, so be on lookout for that. But um, I think that's gonna do it for us here this week on Land Sharks After Dark. Uh, you listen to the show. You know all the plugs. We got a website. We got a Twitter account. All that stuff. You can track it down. Um, subscribe on iTunes of course if you like the show feel free to give us a 5 star rating, leave a review, maybe help people find it that are interested in Ole Miss or College Sports Podcast, all that stuff would be great, uh, but for now thanks so much for listening I'm Justin, for John uh, thanks guys and we'll talk to you again in about a week